I'm Norm Sheely. Norm Sheely. You are listening to Infinite Consciousness, your infinite access to the world, world, world of the mind. Welcome to Infinite Consciousness tonight, and thanks for listening. This is Eva Herr. I apologize for the abrupt uh, technical difficulties. Something happened to the lines. But anyway, tonight we have with us Eliza Mata Dalian, and we're going to talk about her book, In Search of the Miraculous, Healing into Consciousness. And um, like I said earlier, I don't normally have people on my show to talk about just healing and consciousness because they usually spend the whole hour saying, be still and listen. And it's hard to talk for an hour about being still and listen. But this book is different. Mata gives you a complete walkthrough on how to start with surrender and forgiveness and letting go and submission and a very clear, easy path to understand getting towards enlightenment. So it's a good book. I can't do anything but recommend that you get a copy of it. So welcome, Mata, and thanks for taking the time to come on my show tonight. Before we get started, if you could take a few minutes and tell people where to find you, and how did you come to write this book? Most people that are where you are have gone through pain. It usually takes pain to get to being awake, so if you could just tell us a little bit about your story, that would be great, how you came to do this. Okay, thank you, uh, Eva. Um, well, first of all, my website is madadalian.com. That's M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com. And uh, to tell about my story, each one of our stories is, of course, um, a very unique, unique gift from the universe in a way. And, of course, we learn from each other's stories. And my story is, like all of us, is is long, and I don't know when it began exactly, but in in this lifetime, I became aware early on that I'm I'm here only temporarily, and that awareness came through witnessing my grandfather's death and realizing at five years old that. This life is temporary, and I am going to die one day as well. Just my grandfather died, and life will continue. So that was the beginning of my conscious awareness that I'm here on this planet for a limited time only, and the most important thing for me would be to find out who am I, what am I doing here, why am I here, and where do I come from. Um, After that... Of course, I went through the normal development like every child would through our own stories and ups and downs. Um, At age seven, my parents were separated, and I ended up growing up with the first part of my seven years. Primarily, I had a great influence from my grandmother, who was my first teacher in a way. And... He was the one who pointed out that everything and everyone in the universe is part of non-existence and there is no separation between me and her and other people and trees and 
stars and the universe. And in a way, um, she she said that based on my questioning and asking her that I didn't believe that there was God. And if there was God, she um, I said, show it to me. If there is God, show him, show him to me. And that's what she told me. She said, God is within you, within everyone, within the entire universe. Everything you see is God. And that makes sense. That made sense to me. And after that, it's almost like the story of Adam and Eve, in a way. Then when my parents were separated, I sort of fell from paradise into from Garden of Eden into this kind of very harsh situation, growing up with a grandmother who, who um, I, I mean, a stepmother who, who was quite abusive and um, I would say very much in her self-pity stage, but at the same time in a very controlling state. So I didn't really feel a lot of love as growing up with uh, when she came in, but I had a very solid foundation based on my experiences with my grandmother and my mother and uh, my family before my grand uh, my stepmother moved in. So after that, it life became quite difficult. And I, I would say that I didn't really have any childhood, though... Um, from very early on, I felt that I, I I know something in a sense that somebody, an adult, gave me a true answer and pointed out to me as I am not separate, that I am part of existence and I am God and I am not separate from anyone or anything in existence. So even though as I grew older, I forgot that in the sense that, of course, you step into the competitive world of people um, trying to prove that they're better than and trying to show that you have to, in a way, the education that we have is to try and compete and um, work hard and um, achieve. So having gone through all that, in a sense, prepared me even more to realize that whatever is happening in life really does not have a meaning until I know who I am. And fortunately, I didn't fall into the trap of depending on other people's opinion. I always was very strongly in my own opinion in the sense that um, feeling that, well, I know the answer, so I don't need to follow anyone and I don't need to be dependent on anyone to show me the way. And, and that, in a way, helped me to come to the point where I was 24 years old and I moved from, um, I failed to say that I was born in... in um, uh, what was then USSR. So I was born in Armenia, which was part of the USSR. So in 76, I moved to Canada, to Montreal, and um, I was right away given 
uh, a tremendous gift by this Russian woman that I met in Montreal. She gave me a book to read by the mystic uh, Osho, and that completely turned everything in my life uh, around. And I was very clear that finding myself was the most important thing in life, and that's where I have to focus. And that's what I did from then on in a very focused, um, dedicated way um, while living my life in the meantime. And uh, I had a child when I was very young. She, uh, she was born in, when I was 20. And, of course, being a young mother and being on the path, that was challenging as well. But um, having having gone through all that and having come to actually experience what all the mystics point us to, like you said, uh, be still and know. So coming to realize that in that still, in that nothingness is where everything is, where the whole universe is. Then, um, in a way, the search stopped because there was nothing else to seek. I had realized that I am what I'm seeking, what I'm searching for. And with that um, awareness, then integrating that in my life, gradually I came to a point where I felt that I need to share what I know. And uh, then gradually this book was born. And um, the book is a map that will help anyone on the journey, whether they're a believer or spiritual transformation or not, to understand how our ego and consciousness develop and how we come to a place of recognizing that in order to be truly liberated from pain and suffering, we need to let go and surrender the ego that we're so dearly identified with. So, that's a really moving story. I can feel the pain. How do you know, how can somebody tell that they've let go? How do you know you've let go? How can you describe that to someone? There are many steps of letting go on the journey. Um, in the chapter, Surrendering to What Is, I divide that into seven stages. I pretty much divide the whole journey into seven stages. And in those seven stages, we have many peaks and valleys that we go through. And in order to come to the ultimate surrender to the unknown and to the universe, that's where we face our fear of death, we need to go through small steps of surrendering. And that's the process of preparation. In other words, life is a process of preparation for the moment where we can understand that ego or our identification with the mind, with the material world, is what's causing our suffering. And the moment we understand that, then we have a motivation to let it go. Otherwise, why should we let go of something that does not, um, does not create any, any um, pain or suffering on our, on our path? That's why from, from ego to a full consciousness state, the, the phase of going through suffering is inevitable. Because it's like a, 
trying to write something on a white board. We cannot really see the writing. We need that blackboard, and the blackboard is like our unconsciousness. And in order to come to the surrendering, we need to actually first go into the unconsciousness and see what is in my unconscious that is keeping me identified with things I don't want to let go, and then understand why is it that I don't want to let go of those things? Why is it hard? Why am I getting emotionally so um, attached to things, and why am I getting emotionally or feeling feeling hurt, thinking that the whole world is against me? Because that state I call the wounded ego state. Everybody goes through that. Everybody passes through that stage. You know, that, that phase of uh, why, why is it happening? Why, why me? Why can't things be better? So it's, it's a very normal human emotion. But when we get stuck there, then we can't really transcend to the, or go to the next level. And the next level is where we start taking responsibility and understanding that I am the creator of my own life. The moment we see that, that's where we step into the, the transformation or the healing of the wounded ego into a positive ego, the str- strong ego. And unless we really get into the strong, positive ego state, we cannot let it go. It's like the fruit that is not ripe cannot fall from the tree. Same thing is with our ego. So we need to go through those phases of ups and downs. And this is what many people don't understand. They think, well, um, there must be a a magic pill. I take the pill and all my troubles will be gone. But that's not how it works because... It's impossible to suddenly drop the layers and layers and layers of clothing that we feel it's part of me. And it's it's hard to feel naked. Suddenly, it, there's tremendous fear in that. So if we start dropping those clothes one by one, peeling away those layers of the unconscious one by one, then we start getting lighter and we start adjusting to the sense that you know, it actually feels better when I don't have to carry this um, ego with me or I don't have to carry my wounds with me. I don't have to to carry my um, desires with me and I can actually be happy just being here and doing nothing and then trusting that existence is giving me exactly what I need. And that's, that's, um, that's, a, that's what... Um, in the ancient days, they called the process of alchemical transformation. It's basically an alchemy. This is the true alchemy of transformation from the base sort of metal of the ego state into the the loving and the compassionate and the, the caring, understanding, creative self. And in order to do that, we have the body, and our body is like a transformation chamber. When we're born, we bring our energy, our soul comes into the body, and we pass through that transformation chamber. And every chakra, there's seven energy centers in the body, and every center has its own quality that is needed in order to to live and um, be on this material plane. But then as we understand what... We, we sort of purify the chakra and live its natural purpose to what it is 
designed to do without denying any part of ourselves. For example, if we deny our sexuality, we've already put a lid on our energy from the very beginning. So we need to see why, why is it that I, I don't love my body? Why is it that I cannot accept uh, my sexuality? Why is it that I cannot accept that um, it's God gave me this body to enjoy? So we need to cut through those conditionings that I have been imposed through um, religious upbringing, through social Bringing, then we have to go into working with the second chakra, which is more to do with the survival instinct and understand that instinct. We, we do need certain skills to survive, but then if we absolutely rely or, or stay stuck in that survival instinct, always being afraid of how am I going to survive if I, if I don't have money, if I don't have the job, if I don't have the support, then... We can't develop any higher, and we need to understand the the quality of that chakra that helps us have the intelligence to know how to survive, what to do, and what not to do. And then we need to get into the third chakra where we transform our insecurities into self-empowerment, into understanding that... I can take care of myself, and I'm responsible for my own life. So until that happens, we need to go and peel away those layers of uh, insecurities and anger and uh, feeling that somebody else did this to me and it's their fault and therefore my life is miserable because of them, So, which is all part of the ego, the wounded ego. So we so need to go through that. Let me ask yeah. you here. I know that you're just answering this question that I'm going to ask you, but I'm going to ask you anyway, so maybe you can word it in a different way. Uh, in my per- First of all, you use this word consciousness. What do you mean by that? What is your definition of that thing? Some people... Consciousness, okay, yeah. Okay, well, go ahead. I was going to say, some people say consciousness is the ground of all being. Some people say consciousness is awareness. Some people say consciousness is a zero-point field. What do you mean when you use that word? Uh, It's actually an excellent question, and thanks for asking. Because many people confuse consciousness with the mind. Consciousness is a state of awareness that knows. In other words, um, if, if if I'm trained to know something and somebody says, well, this is right and this is wrong, then my my cognitive mind would 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 get programmed with that training that um, was imposed on me from outside, and I would start thinking, well, this is right and this is wrong, and I'll start living my life according to that conditioning or to that training. And consciousness would be the part of you that would say, there is no such thing as right or wrong, because everything is here on on the planet, and I'm experiencing everything the way I need to experience in order to understand the world of duality, the world of good and bad, right or wrong, and understand that actually I'm simply a witness of that duality, and I'm not it. In other words, if I was to die today, my my ability to see to witness my presence, to understand that I am eternal, 
regardless to what I think, the moment you come to that awareness, then you're conscious of your presence, your existence, and your understanding or your awareness that I, I am here from the beginning and uh, whenever the beginning was, and I'll be here eternally because there is no end. Every end is another beginning. So that comes from an inner knowing. I call the inner knowing a part of the consciousness. The consciousness, arise, we arrive to consciousness once we become aware of something. In other words, if I'm not aware that I am judging that this is good and this is bad, then I will be either in thinking this is good or thinking this is bad. But if I step out and I become aware that I'm judging things as good or bad, then that awareness helps me to come to the point of consciousness to realize that I'm neither good nor bad. I'm simply the witness of whatever happens. So I believe that consciousness is in gradient. You know what I mean when I say that? I mean that Every, there are different levels of awareness. If you talk to somebody that's in a fundamental religion, then they're going to believe whatever their religion says, and they get stuck there. And they can't transcend that and go on to the next level so that they understand and can let go. And So when I say to people, just get in the moment and observe what is going on rather than react to it, people that are stuck in that mode or in that reality say, Tell me, Eva, what button do I push to get this started? How do I get going? How do I start letting go? How do you do that? How do you start? Well, the first thing to, to start to look at is the fears. Okay. Because, because if we don't look at our fears, if we believe in something and we believe it very passionately, and we say, this is it, then we're creating ourselves a comfort zone, so so to speak, illusion of comfort zone, and we're saying, well, um, then I don't need to look anywhere. I don't need to look at my fears. I don't need to look at my fear of death. So then I can live my life completely unconsciously, and because the fear of death is what prevents people from actually looking inside, looking at um, doing this work seriously. So how do you, if how do you get out of somebody did this to me? How do you let that go? Because really, we're, nobody did anything. You know so. that's that's. Uh, uh, I love your questions, and that's another uh, awesome question. That was that was a question when I started working with. Well, when I came across. Um, my ability, or I, I remembered my ability to read thought forms when I was, I was able to read thought forms when I was young. What, what does that mean? It means I was able to read what people were thinking and feeling when I was very young. And um, I could tell what they were really thinking and feeling and what they were saying that was two different things. And when, after my experience of uh, liberation, when I came to discover or remember that gift that I had, I started exploring it because without really wanting to go into the world of healing, I just happened to, to go there. And obviously somewhere I came with that um, 
promise that I made to come and help other people with their healing process. So I came, so I remembered that ability. And what I started doing, I started exploring and saying to myself, okay, well, people are stuck. I could see that they're stuck believing in something. How can they get unstuck from, from believing in that thing, whatever they're believing in? How can they suddenly, how can we bring in that switch that could help people suddenly step out of what they're identified? And whether it's a blame, self-blame or blaming others, for example, and see that, that they are not the blame and whatever's happening in life is an opportunity for transformation. So I started working with people one-on-one and uh, what I realized is the moment I would ask people as I was reading the thought forms in their body, I would ask people to verbalize the thought forms out loud and I would guide them through a, a process of breathing and verbalization through the entire chakra system, suddenly they would start seeing that those things that I was believing in is not really the truth. It's only a belief, and I am not it. So that's pretty much the the healing method that I devised as I worked with people, hundreds of people, uh, as I explored and worked with. And that's the tool that I'm offering to humanity to use to go through that. So in other words, we are bypassing the intellect. To understand that intellectually takes many, many, many years and sometimes lifetimes where we repeat the same pattern over and over again. With this healing method, it's very quick and it's very easy to see what is an illusion and what I was believing in is actually not true. And how do we go through the process is acknowledging, accepting, first of all, to what is without any denial, without any judgment, without trying to be somebody I'm not. So there there are steps to the healing. That's why I called the book Healing into Consciousness. And my second book will start where the first one left off. And the second one is called Healing into Consciousness with the Dahlia Method. So this is a self-healing method that will be presented to to people very shortly in just an, another few months, where then I took this to the next step. I was working one-on-one with people. I still do, but less so because I'd like people to do it on their own. And will help people to go through the process with my guidance on the CD and very quickly start peeling away those beliefs, transforming those beliefs through the entire body. Because what I realized, you cannot really achieve major transformation with the head alone. And you need to involve the entire body, the whole chakra system, because we're not separate. We always say we're one one unified whole with the body, mind, emotion, spirit, but then we don't work with all of that at the same time. And we do need to work with all those aspects at the same time in order to achieve that full, uh, solid, worthwhile transformation. And if I have so many people that come to me, they've done so many things and they still feel stuck because what they've been addressing was 
coming from the 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 cognitive part of the mind and not really going deeper into the unconscious, into the body's memory, where all those belief systems or all beliefs are stored. Because every experience we've ever had is in our energy, in our body. And of course, the the ones that are the most traumatic experiences, when we have an experience, we make a conclusion, it becomes a belief and it's imprinted in our body, and then we forget about it, and that becomes part of the unconscious. And that drives the whole energy, whatever's imprinted in an energy, because energy is neutral, the energy would go that way. So in order to to create that um inner transformation and to be able to be in the here and now, be able to to be able to be um, to embrace that that stillness and understand that from that stillness all creativity arises and to be comfortable with the nothingness of the being. We need to peel away whatever is preventing us, whatever is blocking the way. It's like we have all these projections happening internally that we ourselves can't see that we're projecting all the time. So can you, is it, I don't know how you do what you do, but can you give us a little example? I mean, I'm almost afraid to do this, but you could use me if you wanted to, even though I might be embarrassed, but... um, can you give my listeners an example of how you help people heal from pain? Absolutely, pain? and bless bless you for offering yourself because that's quite courageous of you to do that. A little bit scary. Um, <laughs> what we can do is I would ha- I would look into your breath, and I would look into. Um, can we do uh, that on the phone? Can you do that on the phone? I can't. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. absolutely. Okay, I'm a little bit scared, yeah. but I'll let you do it if it'll help somebody. Okay, so, um, and to, to to make it more help, helpful for you, maybe what, what I would do is I would ask you, what what is it that you've been working with? As I said, intellectually, you know, many people do a lot of work, so obviously you've been working on something as well, and that you feel still stuck and you feel that I'm trying, I've tried, and I've tried everything in my power, in my awareness, but I'm still not being able to break through this. So if you have anything specific, then I can help you specifically with that. Okay. This is hard, but I'll do it. hope my listeners appreciate this. (laughs) I guess my biggest... I'm sure they would. ...is abandonment. That's probably my biggest fear. Abandonment. Yes. Okay. Do I need to tell you more, or is that enough? Um, well, that's um, I, I can I can look into your energy through your breath, and I can tell you where the origin of that is. Because again, until we go to the origin, like I said, the original imprint, that the original experience, and. Um, bring you there till you see that actually, aha, this this happened in order for me to learn my lesson. So obviously I haven't learned the lesson yet. That's why you still feel the fear. And okay. the moment you see it, you'll be able to let it go. Of course, the process um, that I would normally work with somebody like this would be, I, I take a whole hour to do this work. But let's, let's quickly uh, just... Uh, indicate to show you what 
platforms are imprinted, what belief is imprinted that you need to work with that can maybe even do something right now. Let's let's try how far we could go. So what I'd like you to do is simply breathe. Just breathe into your belly. Um, and remembering one thing, understanding one thing, that breath is how we live. Without breath, we cannot live. If we don't breathe, we're basically dead. So breath is the foundation of life. And what we normally do when we feel afraid, we hold our breath. And when we hold our breath, so hold the belief of the fear. So we need to open, we need to go into the breath in order to start going backwards to see where we started holding our breath. So I would like you to breathe into our belly and just exhale out through your mouth, just mouth open and just breathing in, which is life, and then exhalation, exhale, which is death, because every exhalation is a, is a, is a second of death, and we have um, to, we do it all the time. We breathe in, and just exhale, and maybe your listeners could do it with you, just breathing in, and okay, exhale, mm-hmm. and exhale now so I could hear your exhalation. Can you hear me? Yes. So now the the cause of the fear of abandonment is obviously I'm afraid to die. So there's the fear of death. Which, in a way, that is the root of like the fears. Sometimes I think that that's like, uh, I mean, this is really, it's hard to say. Okay, this. now I'm going, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm going to ask you to simply tell me, don't tell me I know, just say, I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid to die. And, and exhale. Feel the same way. Oh, yeah, good. Again, breathe in. Say, I'm afraid to die. And exhale. I'm afraid to die. No, first. Okay, good. And again. I'm afraid to die, and I'm afraid to, and and be lost forever. Exactly those words. Afraid to die and be lost forever. Mm-hmm. And exhale up to your feet. So when you're saying that, you breathe in. I'm afraid to die and be lost forever. And exhale out to your feet. I'm afraid to die and be lost forever. Okay, a couple of more times. You have to verbalize it, though. I'm afraid to die, be lost forever. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to die, and be lost forever. I have to say, I didn't know I was afraid to die. Mm. I always kind of looked at now death wait. as being a, a freedom almost. I thought, I thought I thought that. 
Yeah. But, you know, every single person feels this fear, but nobody says, nobody goes around and says, I'm afraid to die. Nobody verbalizes their fear. So now, That's not, that now that you said it, I can already sense your energy's changed. Exactly. Exactly. And can you, can you see that you're already starting to see, there's already starting to create, there's a separation now between believing and, th- and realizing there's an awareness coming in that realizes that uh, it's not entirely true. It makes me feel, um, I really didn't know I felt that. Um, I did, I, if you had ever asked me that, I mean, I would always think of dying as being such a relief from pain that it makes me, to do that, makes me feel floaty, makes me feel um, good. <laughs> That's all I know to say. Lighter. It feels good, though. I, like I said, I didn't know I was afraid to die. In fact, I always looked at death as being a good thing if it ever happened, but maybe I am and just didn't realize that. But it feels good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the fear of abandonment, the the layer underneath that was the fear of death and being lost forever. Okay. How does because that relate to experiences that happen in my life that make me where I've been abandoned? How does of course, that relate? But, but you see, you needed to have those experiences so that you can come to a moment of realization because otherwise, how do you know where do I need to do my work? So, in a way, everything that happens, and if we go any f- f- further and we we'll continue working, what you're gonna what you're gonna come to, you're gonna come to those moments, the first initial memories that are imprinted in your body, and you're not going to feel the way initially you felt you felt abandoned and helpless, but you're going to start feeling grateful because you're going to see that, aha, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned that I cannot die, I, I will never die, that I am a presence that will never die. So that's the process. So how do That's you, why they happened, you see. How do you, because, um, let me see how to word this. How do you face the fear of, to me, and this is, I can't believe I'm doing this in front of all the people of the world, but to me, having to to be alive sometime is what I fear. I, that's what I thought. You know, having to face the possibility of being abandoned again. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense, that question? Well, how you do that, like I was explaining earlier, going through those chakra process, the chakra purification process, transformation process, I'm going to next would ask you is to breathe into, into the belly and exhale out through the third chakra because this is where your power has been compromised. And you know what? You're not alone. I would say 99%, 99.9% people that I've worked with, their chakra, the third chakra has been compromised. In now, other words, is, for my listening audience, what is the third chakra? It's just below the ribs. Just below the ribs. In that opening below the ribs. Okay. 
Okay. All right, so my next question is, because I don't want to spend all this time on just me. In, you, in your chapter, Moving Beyond Thought, you say something that I found very interesting. Count your thoughts. What do you mean by that? And what does that do? What it does, it brings your awareness to your thoughts. And you're going to realize that they're endless. And as you start counting, okay, thought number one, thought number two, thought, aha, I see that I thought another thought. I, I, I see I thought another thought. And as you keep doing that, what you're doing, you're cultivating your inner witness. And this is an absolute must in order for us to go into those deeper areas of unconsciousness because what what does the inner witness do or cultivating the ability to watch and to witness do? First of all, it helps you to, to disidentify from what you're watching so you can see that I'm actually a witness to my thoughts, I'm witness to my emotions, I'm witness to my fear. So that cultivates the ability to witness the fear and when we're working with fear, it's absolutely important to realize that the body at, at the moment of birth is imprinted with fear. What is the first, Buddha calls this birth, the process of birth, the first most traumatic experience of our life. And why is it the most traumatic? It's because we're suddenly being thrown out of the womb, which feels like a paradise, we're being fed, we're being taken care of, suddenly we're being thrown out into this big world, the unknown world, and we feel the first glimpse of separation, that I'm alone against this big world. So the first fear comes from that moment of, it's imprinted in in the moment of birth. And then the whole life begins from we build our life based on that first brick. And depending on how how traumatic our birth experience was, and everybody has a different uh, birth experience, depending on that first foundation, then our approach to everything else in life is based on that. So therefore, it's very important to go back into that moment of birth to see how what what happened in that moment of birth so that we can um, understand that imprint and and with that understanding then it's easier to go to go deeper and and also what happens is once we go, go to that moment it's easier to go to the moment even before um the previous lifetimes, death, to see how when, if we died in fear of death, we're going to be born with fear of death. Because nothing in existence uh, vanishes, nothing evaporates. Everything is a transformation. And if it does not transform, then we carry it over. And if you really pay attention, when you go to sleep, every time you go to sleep, pay attention at your last thought. And when you wake up, pay attention at the first thought that comes in. It will be the same thought. That's interesting. I don't mean to switch subjects on you, but we got about 15 minutes, and I want to ask you about something else. I'd really like to go into mm-hmm. what you're talking about some more, but I want to cover mm-hmm. some other things. Um, on Towards the end of your book, you talk about um, your third eye opening. 
Mm-hmm. What I'm going to ask you a couple questions here before you answer. What do you mean by that? And then secondly, and very importantly, something that not very many people talk about is problems that can happen when your third eye opens. People aren't aware of that, and I'd like for you to talk about that for a couple minutes, if you don't mind. Okay. Yeah. So the third eye is our wisdom center, and it's between the eyebrows in the forehead. And that's the center that helps us to become the knower. It's the, it's the center that helps us to see the illusion as an illusion and prepares us to be able to surrender into the universe and say, today is a good day to die, I can let go, I can surrender. But when that third eye center is closed, and how is it closed, basically? It's closed with, with fears or beliefs. And it's obviously difficult for us to see where I'm stuck, where I'm believing something that is actually um, not reality. In other words, I'm, I'm stuck in believing what is temporary to be, to be truth. So when the third eye center begins to open and we don't have enough, we haven't done enough work of knowing how to ground our awareness in our feet, then it becomes very difficult to really stay in the center witnessing where our experience happens. Sometimes, and it's very, very, very seldom, it's, it's not a, a common um, occurrence, but once in a while it happens that somebody's energy, it moves through their, through their chakra system before they're ready, before they've, they've um, transformed enough their energy into consciousness in their body. And when it moves very quickly, then there's that the tremendous fear might arise and in that fear, there could, it could be very shocking to the system. So when that shock that? happens, well, it's an example. Just think of it this way: you've never been you you're in the middle of the ocean, and suddenly there is a huge wave that comes over, like a tsunami, and it's just going to swallow you. And there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, it's just there, and it's just going to take you under. So in that moment, how do you handle it? it would would determine how prepared you are to handle it. You can either just die in absolute terror and panic of that fear, or you can say, uh, okay, there's nothing I can do about this. The only thing I could do is just surrender and let the wave take me wherever it's going to take me. So are you talking about when someone's, um, and language is a problem here, linguistics, um, are you talking about when someone suddenly realizes that there's more to the picture than they realized before and that yes. and, and suddenly they're different? And everybody else sees them differently, and they because they suddenly start talking about things they've never talked about before, such as ground of you know I'm one with everything. And the day before that, they believed that 
in their fundamental religion or whatever it was, and suddenly they're different and people think that they're crazy. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, that, 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 that's exactly right. So when somebody has that experience and they haven't really um, done, haven't really dug into the unconscious so much, so they have the experience, suddenly what happens, the ego gets gets a hold of that experience in a way. And then they think, you know, I, I saw, like, for example, a near-death experience. A person having a near-death experience knows that I don't die. I just, my body was dead, and I, and I was floating, and I could see everybody, you know, trying to revive me, but I wasn't dead. I didn't die. And in, in that awareness, when the person comes back into the body, they go, well, I, I, I'm not afraid of death because I know I, I will not die. But even though it's a true understanding, but the body doesn't really know it because in the body there's still those fears. There's still um, things that need to be needs to be cleared. The energy is still not 100% conscious. In other words, the, per- the person might not be aware who I am, might not know who I am, but might just know, have the experience that I'm not going to die. But there, it's not the end. There's more to it. There's that we absolutely took to the place of being the Buddha, being, um, being uh, fully enlightened. You need to come to realize that I am simply that emptiness. I am the empty space. There's nothing in it. It's like um, we're, we're talking quite advanced things here, and th- thanks to your questioning. And I, and I feel your questions are very sincere. They're not coming from your uh, intellect, not, not coming from your mind, but they're coming from your wanting to really know and understand this. Uh, the example that Buddha gave was he said, okay, well, what is nirvana? What is, what is enlightenment? People asked him. And the example he gave, he, he brought a candle, and um, so he, sa- he said, look at the candle. So you're, you're, everybody sees the candle. Yeah, there's a light. The candle is burning. And then he blew the candle, and he said, where did the flame go? So... The flame, the existence, the, the, the essence of the flame is still there. But where did it go? It's, it's dissolved into the, into the nothingness. This is where we understand that I am one, that I'm not separate. Because even the candle is still looking as though it's separate. The moment it's, it's blown out, it becomes, nobody can see it. There is a, there is a presence. There is a knowingness that that is now within the whole universe. Yes. Uh, and this uh, is, this is how we transcend. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say physics has proven there is no matter on the quantum level, so there is no separation between us and anything else. We are that thing. Um, we have but, about but 10 minutes. to that knowing. Yes. Sorry? To come to that knowing, we, we basically... The, the mind, the mind, the, the cognitive part of the mind has to be completely let go of. And this is where the, the path brings you to the place where you say, 
I thought I, I knew, but I don't really know everything because I don't know anything because the existence is unknowable. And this is where you come to understand that the journey is the goal and there's no goal to be achieved but to be here now, moment to moment. Whatever is happening right now is the goal. Yeah, I feel like um, that's when somebody really starts knowing something when they can say, I don't know anything. So we've got about right. eight or ten minutes left. You can talk about anything that you want to talk about that you think is important that my listeners need to know. Well, what I would like to say is that what's really important is to put the intellectual understanding into practice. And because only through practice, through experience, is how we become a knower. And in order to do that, there's, there's methods that have been de- devised um, by those who who have experienced and whatever methods that have helped them to come to, to realization. And it's very important that that practical, practically to incorporate tools that will help you become more strong, strengthen your witnessing uh, awareness, strengthen your ability to see, and those tools are meditation. And there's many different techniques to meditation. There's the silent watching Vipassana meditation techniques. There's the active meditation techniques, which is more appropriate for our lifestyle because we're too too tense and too stressed to just sit and be able to quiet the mind. So the active meditations will help to do that. How do you do Uh, that? The active meditations? There's there's, uh, many techniques that were devised by Osho. Um, uh, mystic Indian mystic by the name of Osho. They're all on my website, uh, as a matter of fact. And um, I have an active meditation technique called No Yes Meditation, which helps to quickly release the whatever's been repressed. And I would suggest very highly um, for you to try that too, because you will see how it will bring you to those memories deeply hidden in the body, and will help you- to release some of that. If you were going to quickly give us a, a one, two, three bullets, how to do that, how, do you, how would you tell people to do that? And by the way, before we end this call, I want you to tell people about the, the training calls that you do, the conference calls or whatever you were, the, the teaching that you do on the phone. I want you to tell yes, people. Yes, um, I have t- teleclasses. Uh, as a matter of fact, there is a... Um, there is um, um, a free teleclass that people can receive with um, with the purchase of the book and the CD, the No Yes Meditation, and um, or they can sign up the, for the teleclass. There's also an eight-week online course that uh, I'm just finishing one next week, which uh, goes through the chakra by chakra we loop every week and I, I help people identify the thought forms that are repressed there and I give them direction to how to work and release what's repressed so that we can transform and move higher through the chakras. And uh, we do a, a different active meditation technique every week through the eight-week online course. It's a very powerful course and it's um, it's wonderful, and, and and the community that gets built through that, the people that participate and they get to sort of to know each other and help each other through the blog, etc. 
is incredible, and it's um, a lot of loving, supportive um, energy through this course that happens. It's an eight-week, uh, eight-week course, and. Um, I will be also doing trainings with the Self-Healing Galleon Method. And the moment that book is released, I'll be traveling um, across the country and helping people to to learn how to use that for themselves. And eventually, uh, also those who would like to be trained to become, to help other people, to help them uh, know how to use the method. So a lot is um, happening right now, and I think we're entering the the a time of practicality because all the knowledge that we've accumulated, it's helped to bring us to a certain point. But after this point, we really need to get dirty the way they say. You know, you need to get to real business and really try to um, put what we've learned into practice or sometimes unlearn things that we have learned because that's how we become a knower. And... Uh, there's also a, um, a guided meditation called Transcending Fear of Death and the Unknown, which is an MP3 download that could be uh, downloaded from my website. Okay, good. And could you people take a couple minutes and, and give people a, a short little guided tour about uh, an active meditation practice? Just give them a little time. I can. Yes, okay. I can. Um, should I should I give you a, um, uh, um, an example of the Osho active meditations? I could take one of his, or I could talk about the Noyes meditation. Whatever you want to do. Okay. Well, why don't I uh, tell you about the one of my very favorite meditations that I've used that has helped me on my journey is the Osho Kundalini meditation. Okay. And that meditation is done in four stages. The first stage is shaking the body, just loosening up all the tensions in the body, simply shaking so that waking up the energy that is normally dormant and it just sits unused for the 15 minutes. And there's CDs with each meditation that there's music that helps you do that. Um, Then the second phase is dancing, which is allowing the body to move freely. So we've opened up a lot of energy channels where normally the energy doesn't go because we're refreshed things. And the dancing, the movement of the body helps for the energy to start moving through the body and down and through all the areas. And it's very, very pleasant and it's a way to uh, to enjoy yourself, to become aware of your body and your energy. And we need to start uh, feeling that lightness and some joy coming because it's hard, it's hard work doing this uh, spiritual work. So we do need to have those moments of bliss and moments of ple- uh, pleasant experiences so that it helps us uh, get going with the process. So this meditation very well does that. And then the third phase is sitting silently and watching your breath. And in that so what you did, you prepared in the first half an hour and you feel more relaxed, the body feels more relaxed and it's a lot easier to actually quickly experience that place of stillness and peace and no mind and and simply watch. So that the third stage is simply to watch your breathing, to watch what's happening, watch the energy movement inside the body and after the 15 minutes, the last 15 minutes is simply laying down and relaxing. So, and and if you do this on a regular basis, it will build 
it will build that that awareness. It will build that sense of relaxation and the sense of um, seeing and understanding and and being in your body because we need to come into the body. This is the very important part of the equation that we need to be in the body in order to have the experience that we're seeking. Mata, thank you. It's been a great interview. I appreciate your taking the time to do it. Tell us one more time where we can find you and get your book. Um, the, my website is com, and the book is available on my website. It's um, uh, available on Amazon or uh, um, other bookstores, Barnes & Noble, etc. So, yeah. And it's M-A-D-A-D-A-L-I-A-N.com, right? Correct, and uh, there there are many um, uh, there are many video clips also on my website. So it uh, anybody visiting the website, I'm sure they'll still find something interesting to to browse. And uh, uh, feel free to also sign up for the newsletter to be notified of the upcoming events. Um, I'll be actually in Omega in July. I have a weekend, no five day workshop where we're we're going to be working with this method. Um, actually, and the active meditations. So that ha- that's the end of July, five days in Omega. And next year um, in February, I have a, a seven-day retreat event in the jo- a Joshua Tree Retreat in California. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Well, thank you mm-hmm. so much for taking the time to come on, and thank you for your courage to write this fabulous book and also for sharing your very personal story. I thank you. I thank you, Eva. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank you, and good night.